Welcome to the Rough Waffle Podcast, episode three with Toby Miley. Toby Miley, how do you say his last name? Miley. Miley. And it is pronounced, not pronounced, not pronounced, it is spelled M-E-U-L-I. Yeah, that was the first thing we had to figure out was how you pronounce Toby's name. Because that was, we went through different iterations, Muley. Muley. That's what I was like, oh, it's Muley. He's like, no. No, it's Miley. It's Miley. <laughs> uh, but th- it was a great, great interview. Uh, Toby was in social network. Uh, we talked about working with David Fincher. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Snickers commercial with Aretha Franklin and Liza Minnelli, uh, which you probably everyone knows it's whenever it's like, oh, you're you're hungry. You're acting like a diva. Here's Snickers. And he's like, oh, oh, look, I'm back myself again. And then they're like, oh, get your knee out of the back of my chair. And it's Liza Minnelli. Um, but yeah, uh, episode three, uh, Rough Waffle Podcast, uh, Toby Miley, uh, great guy. In the Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> Toby, um, how many commercials are you in right now? You know, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> a fair amount. It's it's tough, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. A couple, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly lose track because they're uh, because some will just play online or some will play like uh, wherever you know, like on a cable channel that I never watch. So uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, do you know how many you've done in total? Uh, well, 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 in, in total on television. Um. Yes. In, I mean, in the. I don't know. Between twenty and thirty, maybe. Wow. And and in your held. Twenty nine. That's awesome. Nice, nice. Uh, you. Is that impressive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we are we going right now? Are we podcasting? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. I love how we're all we all have our liquids of choice. Too. I know. Just preparing. I, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you you were in a social network, of course. Um, yes. How? Because because obviously you've done you know pretty extensive commercial work. Uh, is there anything you've noticed uh, that's different about how commercial sets are run versus movie sets? Yeah, you know, that's a good uh, question because there are really marked differences and most people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. But on a commercial, it's all about about the product, you know, and all about like pleasing the client. And so you're constantly like getting sort of upstaged, if you will, Mm -hmm. by the the product, Mm -hmm. whereas – you know, like on a movie or whatever, it's it's all about the the story. Particularly um, a movie like The Social Network, where you've got a guy like David Fincher, who's you know, there's very few things in his movies that ever uh, don't serve the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a really tight. He's obviously known for that of being like a really tight director in that way. Um, whereas on commercial stuff, you know, you it, commercials are really like done art by committee. So you have. Yeah. Um, the client and the ad agency and the director and then like the producer. So you really got like four, sometimes five different camps you're trying to please. Mm-hmm. Um, so commercials are a lot about like pleasing everybody, whereas um, movies and, and TV to some degrees are sometimes just about serving the vision of the story. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, I'd imagine there, there'd be a lot of uh, kind of with the, you know, with with an acting gig, you, you get the script, you get to interpret it, um, you know, as you kind of see fit as an actor. Whereas with a commercial, it's like, well, here's your script, but day of shooting, it could go any any way that you know producer pretty much wants. Right. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because commercials are so um, like restrictive in that way, in that um, 
you know, there's a lot of people that have been paid a lot of money to come up with the two sentences mm-hmm. you're going to say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's very important to have uh, to like do those right. Mm-hmm. I was actually just telling my buddy today because um, I was I auditioned for a couple commercials today, and he's like, uh, he's like, is it getting easier now? And I'm like, no, man, I think it's so hard. <laughs> like to say um, short sentences mm-hmm. and like be super polished and do the whole the whole thing. I think it's like it's a it's a real challenge for yeah. actors. One of my friends is on a, um, I can say. What show? She's on uh, Community, which I know you guys have talked to some people yeah. um, connected with that show. But Yvette Nicole Brown, the African American woman, and yeah, she yeah, yeah. she did a lot of commercial work before. And she's like, if you can do commercials well, you can pretty much do any kind of acting mm-hmm. because it is so specific. They're like, turn here, say this, all this kind of stuff. What, what's her manager's name? Because I met him last year at Comic Con. Because he was talking about the same exact thing. Oh, man. oh yeah. Because uh, uh, I can't remember his name. A uh, very large person, though. That's what I remember. Um, but he uh, he was he was friends with Elijah Wood's uh, manager, and he was talking about the same thing. Whenever Elijah Wood was a kid, he said it's it's insane. You would never think that this guy was such a talented actor. But when he was a kid, all he did was was commercial, 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 and then he like disappeared for a little bit, and then he like finally had his like I guess big break or whatever age he was, and then this kind of continued from there. But now, of course, he's not going back to that. But that is true. I mean, for real. Like, I mean, however big Elijah is, I mean he. Was doing commercials and that was it. Was a vet doing commercials as well? Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, it, it's so it's so interesting. Like, is you see a lot of actors' paths, and really, the people that are really great are the ones that um, have just been acting. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's in commercials or in improv comedy or whatever. I think actually Steve Carell is a great example of yeah. that. Of a guy that like for twenty twenty five years was always performing mm-hmm. um, all over the nation, doing all kinds of improv. And then, you know, he's in his early 40s, and he becomes like a mega movie star overnight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but he's like incredibly talented, you yeah. know, and it's just because he's like put in so many hours, working so hard mm-hmm. to be uh, the performer that he is. Now, now, what kind of actor can you categorize yourself as? Are you more of an improv actor or more of like an organic that's good. What? Wait, I want to know what an organic actor is. <laughs> organic, it's like no, no, uh, no hormones. <laughs> <laughs> Photosynthesis. Yeah. yeah. Um, organic is more this in the fact where you, uh, let's say, if you're going to have a role like, okay, I'm going to be in a movie where I'm going to be in the Bronx, or whatever. You would then go live in the Bronx for a month, and you would just kind of like absorb what's that, you know, absorb that kind of environment, and then you're more organic. And there's also, um, ah, what's the name? Uh, well, of course, there's Meisner, but um, Azuki. Am I saying that correctly? The Azuki method, where it's more like you try to get yourself for the moment, like right before, and like you, you don't right. really think about it until that moment to get more of that energy. Like, what would you categorize yourself? Yeah, um, that's that's a tough question because there are all these you know great acting theories that have come along the past uh, really the past fifty years, and mm-hmm. that um, and I I don't know if I really adhere to one. I kind of like pick and choose from every uh, every different style on what works for me. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of developed the Toby Miley school of acting, <laughs> which which I teach myself. Uh-huh. Student of one, um, and uh, and it's ultimately yeah, really. Uh, I used to have a real specific kind of process that I went through to try and um, like get into character and that sort of thing. But now I, I've found a lot of freedom and just not thinking about it too much and just hopping in, you know, um, I've, I'm coming up on like doing this for almost, I mean, 10 years, not 10 years professionally, but, um, really 10 years of being like, I want to be an actor and then, uh, and, and then taking my training seriously. And so, um, I don't know, like a good baseball player or athlete, you know, of, of learning a lot and then just kind of throwing it out the window. So what I do right now is take the script, read it, ask a lot of questions, try to fully understand it, do a ton of daydreaming about it, like really systematically. Um, and I 
mean in the way that like you show up at 8 a.m. for five days in a row and work on like live in the world of the script for an hour and a half. And uh, and after five or six days, like you're pretty much ready to go. You're pretty much ready to think and act and do whatever the character does. Yeah. Um, now with commercials, it's a little bit easier because uh, you can, um, you know, kind of kind of get the, the sort of like character right away. Um, but you know, for a play or or whatever else you're doing, you know, that's uh, that's helpful. Just to to see into the world essentially is kind of the short answer to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, well, you you actually you've you're very varied with your different styles. I mean, because you you've done stage work, uh, you're just like pure theater. You've done a bit of improv and and also some sketch. Do you? You said when you started off, it was kind of like, oh, I this is this is me, and that sort of developed as you went on. As you started doing different styles like sketch comedy and things like that, did did that kind of change your perspective a bit like well actually I, I like this but let me take a chunk from here chunk from here and make it my own exactly you know I really feel like that's exactly what happened and I'm kind of impressed with you guys that you know like my resume <laughs> <laughs> stuck stuck um, stuck I know I'm <laughs> I'm impressed uh, yeah you know I, I started off uh, like studying classical theater in school and um, and so that was really like about um, the the words and the great text of Shakespeare and yeah. um, Aeschylus and and all these kind of classic writers Arthur Miller even getting into the uh, American writers um, and then uh, and then yeah out here it's been uh, some of that in theater but then um, of course I'm a part of the Upright Citizens Brigade theater and I've done some sketch and improv with those guys. And it's, um, yeah, there's some like crossover muscles. I'm not exactly sure where they are, but the thing that's great about sketch, and I heard um, Will Ferrell say this one time, is that on in an interview, not to me personally, but uh, just to like get in there and just F around and it'll take care of itself. Um, and you see that, like a tremendous amount of play from his work. Like he looks like he's having so much fun, you know. I want to be in Will Ferrell's movie with his character, every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's what I really took from improv, which has been really fun. Um, but going to uh, into any kind of comedy or anything, there there needs to be a, a grounded sense to your character, yeah. um, which is what makes it funny. Is that taking taking an absurd situation seriously? is uh, kind of the heart of comedy. So I find, I, I man, I find I love to do them both. Like I was in Florida doing this uh, play in May, and it was like a hardcore drama. Um, what was the name of that again? I saw that. What was that? Yeah, it was uh, called, it's called Coffee Stains. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it's uh, produced by a theater management organization, association, and they um, produce a fair amount of like, Broadway theater and they're uh, so they're um, developing this one this play it's it's a drama about a family a family drama um, similar to in the vein of like Arthur Miller um, and uh, and yeah so that was really fun and then I uh, I just got back and did this uh, web series comedy and, and I found like that's where I personally like really love this profession is moving yeah. from the different uh genres and different uh, mediums as well yeah well definitely uh want to eventually head to the the web series stuff but take a sort of a detour from my own edification i was a classics major uh and so awesome. the, the fact that you played orestes and stuff <laughs> I, I i thought i thought that was that was something i was like oh that's something most people not only don't do but i would have yeah. no idea uh, so, and also you're, you're in, uh, Hamlet and, um, was it morning becomes Electra. Mm-hmm. So f- for the three of those, because sort of similar themes throughout, just kind of different takes, uh, based off of, and, and also especially morning comes, becomes Electra, different kind of eras, uh, yeah. do, doing, doing that, you know, was there anything you noticed about the characters, uh, similarities, differences, uh, as you, you went through, uh, the, the the screenplays and stuff. Well, not screenplays, I guess, but 
Yeah. Uh, these are by far the smartest questions. Ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, excuse my language, but you're definitely getting a Thomas's yeah. classics major mm. boner going. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Who, who are uh, you, Toby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's, gosh, I think, well, to back, like, in my own journey, I feel like I, when I first got out to L.A., and even now to some degree, um, would put a little bit of hierarchy on whatever whatever I was doing, whether it was a, a commercial or, like, a short film or whatever, and be like, oh, it's just this stupid little film or whatever. <laughs> but, um those plays you mentioned, you know, each one of them has like something very primal, very human about it. Um, looking for redemption, the approval of a father, yeah. you know, um, whew, acceptance, belonging, like there's so many, um, revenge, even love, like all these real core primal instincts. Um, and what I try to look for now is, you know, as Orestes is, is fighting to know the truth and combating evil, um, those same primal instincts that are moving in him and that moved audiences uh, back at the, the play festival yeah. that Aristotle started, mm. um, you know, those same, quite honestly, like you could even take it to, like that's what, I feel like that's what the CW is doing. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. that adolescent angst mm -hmm. is um, tapping into the same thing Hamlet does. Yeah. Um, of course, the genius behind um, Hamlet or Shakespeare and O'Neill is that they, they use poetry mm -hmm. to do it. Um, whereas, like, modern TV is good. The, the kind that really moves us is, like, really about that primal instinct. So, yeah. So right now I'm I'm, I'm working on a lot of, like, this of not judging material, mm -hmm. you know, and knowing that like this is a human, and, and I have to, and I'm, I, I have the really, really the honor to bringing it to life, um, and to not be like oh, I'm in a theater in Hollywood with five people in the audience, yeah. um, uh, and, and to know that sort of um, to express this human emotion is really freeing, and that's what, that's what I love about about acting and about mm -hmm. art and we're getting philosophical and that's probably okay. But, uh, yeah. but it, it's just, um, yeah, it, it expresses that deepest human emotion and good art can do that no matter what the medium. Yeah. Well, um, back to, uh, the web series stuff. How did you get started with Julian? Is he actually a roommate? No, he's not. Wouldn't that be fun if he was? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like all of our stuff would be so much, uh, I don't know. So much like more, um, I don't know. Inappropriate. I don't know. I don't know what, what the right. We'll I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get Julian caught in a in a thing where I say he's messy or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, 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 say, I, I always thought that was just you know y'all were roommates and that was just your you know. Oh, it's just some fun today. Yeah, you know? yeah, someone was recording. You know, no, no one. Yeah. No, no scripts or anything. This wasn't planned out. That's just well it, day to day. It, I will tell you from personal experience. Actually, I live with a coworker. Oh yeah, and you see that person a lot, <laughs> and like it gets to the point where just like you you start saying inappropriate things at work, like oh wait, no one should know that what I'm saying right. or not right now. <laughs> Sorry, George. No. You're fired. I think you you, you do like can get in a vacuum where you like have a mm -hmm. uh, like stuff that you're saying that you think's really funny. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, have, no I, I, actually, well, I won't say what it was. I don't really remember what it was because it happens all the time. But today, <laughs> me and him were we're, we're we're talking, and uh, there was a cat outside the office. Yeah. Oh, with the cat. Like, oh, oh, I remember what I said. I was, and like, of course, we thought it was hilarious, but no one else was like, oh my God, that's disturbing. But I was like, oh, there's a cat outside. He's like, oh, it's, we should go get it. I was like, yeah, if I go outside and tackle it and it's like not moving, is that cool? And someone just goes, what? And I was like, we're going to go outside real quick and see that cat. Yeah. Like, oops. <laughs> but yeah, but how, how did you get involved with Julian? Yes. So, um, kind of, uh, a little bit random. I was performing at uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Comedy mm -hmm. Theater, and he came with another friend, a mutual friend, and we met. And he was like, "Hey, I got this YouTube channel. Um, do you want to do something sometime?" And then we um, kind of became uh, friends. And 
found out we went to the same church as well. And so it was kind of cool. And then, um, knew, knew some of the same people. And so he, uh, yeah, he just asked me to be in, I guess the first one was you're in this together. Yes. Um, and, uh, and we just enjoyed working together and, um, you know, I've continued to, to do stuff when, uh, when I'm available and when, uh, when he can, uh, you know, basically when our schedules work together and he knows, the good thing about Julian is he really is a director at heart. A lot of people think he's like a stand-up or something, but he's really like a DP and a director. Mm-hmm. So he has, when he writes sketches and when we like develop stuff, he has a very specific idea of what he wants. So he knows like when to call me, you know, yeah, yeah, like when yeah. he, when he calls, I know that like it's something that he has had me in mind for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's what I appreciate about him is he's like very specific in his, uh, his idea in his vision and so that's kind of cool um and and so, yeah and so i like to i like all the stuff that we do i think we're like working together more and more and understanding each other each other more and more that we are to the point now where like we can work really quickly and get um and have sort of an artistic shorthand that's kind of cool yeah, yeah which which keeps it fun because i mean you know the, <clears throat> there's tons of people which we know <clears throat> loki that try, try to do like the whole oh it's a youtube channel this and that, and yeah. like then you know they all get together and like all right, so what do we do? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's great that you know that he knows the technical side as well. Yeah. So it's not where he's just like getting into like okay, well I guess we'll shoot it this way. Like he's like nope, we're doing it this way and this shot's right. that way. And so which is I mean you could totally tell on all the sketches. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a YouTube video. You know it's, it's right. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean of course it's on YouTube, but it's 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 totally you know high end stuff. But going back to I guess him. Uh, not being stand-up, but does he come up with all those characters or does he have like friends that just throw out ideas or, you know, I think a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, some stuff is just what makes him laugh. And some stuff, um, is like an idea of an idea of an idea, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, and so and then it's like uh, kind of developed during rehearsal a little bit or like just kind of batting it around. Um, but what's good about him is that he has really um, worked hard to understand his audience mm-hmm. um, from for a while now. Like he's been doing at first crappy videos on YouTube for a <laughs> while and then they just got better and better and better. And then past like three or four years, they've just like hit I mean, he just yeah. he just got it um so i think it's a, a testament to his flexibility and his sense of artistic excellence mm-hmm. um and then b just like listening to the audience like he has said to me before you know the, a youtube audience will tell you exactly what they think quickly yeah because actually we, we talked to chris harwick yesterday and that was one of the things he said like in this era it's a golden era but it's also a really shitty era because like you'll get exactly yeah. your critique immediately and you might not want to hear it but it's also, it's great because then you're like, okay, well, we know not to do that right now, you know, not down the road. So. Right. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. So I think like, in my opinion, I think Julian's doing by far the best sketch comedy on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I think there's a lot of guys who are doing like a lot of vidcasts and kind of like, uh, sort of, um, I don't know, stand up shticky kind of stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which is fine, but in terms of like narrative and like telling real stories mm-hmm. and like doing real comedy, like he's one of the only guys that's doing it and like really listening to the audience. Well, f- from my opinion of just watching it, there's like no ulterior motive. He's doing yeah. it because he loves the whole artistic process of creating a story, putting it you know onto camera. You know, other people they're doing it because like oh you know it's because I want to get YouTube hits or you know I want to right. you know. Uh, Oh, maybe someone will discover me. That that whole bullshit story. I mean, like, no, he's doing it because he's he's just practicing his art. From what I see, you know, just right. watching it. And but uh, going back, I guess, to his characters, t- did he come up with Mister Tim? Is that, is that how you say it? Yes, Timna. Tim. Where, 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 where did Timna? Uh, where did that come from? Because I know he did one with you. Right. Um, that's a. Good, I don't know. <laughs> fever dream Ju- fever dream mostly yeah julian's got access to parts of his brain that none of us have access to awesome. and it's like that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard and like he's the only one laughing um <laughs> but but he knows that his audience will uh 
will like it and they have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of times it's just about like throwing stuff against the wall and see what, what sticks. And I've actually been surprised to see some, um, of the sketches do well and some not do as well. And, uh, like, I feel like, uh, like my favorite, my favorite one is the, uh, the with child, the night one. Yes. Um, <laughs> and because I think it's like classic, Adam and Costello style comedy, you know? Um, mm. and that's, uh, that's really fun. Um, and I, I mean, I've told Julian this, like some of the, the music video stuff, like I don't think is as funny, mm-hmm. but it's just my, uh, sense of humor mm-hmm. um but those are his most popular ones well like I, people I, love those well i mean it's totally i mean i, I guess i'm going to mainstream but that's totally because the lonely island you yeah. know i mean so everyone's like oh i get it like oh i know it's gonna happen it's gonna be um right. very high-end produced music to like some pretty funny stuff but again with the with child i mean that was totally i guess that whole monty python right. idea well, yeah. i mean do you it's interesting because you said you said that was that was your favorite. Uh huh. Well, that's it, interesting because it seems like uh, with your background, like you already have this this sort of relish for language, and so right. when, when language is is sort of messed with and misunderstood, yeah. that's that's kind of the um, that whole sort of comedy of errors, except you know language based. That, that's kind mm-hmm. of the, the crux of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, right, but but at, at the same time, though, you know, the, the generation people that watch fucking YouTube, you know, that they, they all leave yeah. like the worst comments, so they're gonna want that stuff. So he's smart to go towards the music video stuff, but I mean, totally. Yeah. I mean, like the real comedy is that kind of stuff. The with baby, I mean, because not everyone's gonna understand it, you know. Right. Yeah, and I love yeah. that. Um, I mean, you see, like any great comedy on uh, TV or uh, movies, like, like a lot of times they're. Uh, they're living in that two shot mm-hmm. and, and that's what I, cause you can like get like a sense of relationship, get the sense of, of banter. And I really, uh, appreciate that because I see, I know a lot of people have opinions about like where YouTube's going and how to like, um, as you guys alluded to, you know, how you might eventually move into other things, you know, cause a lot of people look at it like that, like I'm on YouTube so I can be on TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what exactly is going to happen with Julian or what he's going to do, but I'm like the voice in his ear that's like, let's make a movie. Let's, yeah, let's really, right. let's do something like that, you know? And, um, and I think the with child kind of comedy that's is, great. uh, something that we could do and we could do well. Yeah. Well, it, it would be a nice kind of, um, I don't know, it's sort of refreshing in a sense because it, it's always nice. It, it's like there's a, this uh, like pe- people are going more towards comedy that you can revisit, you know, like mm-hmm. Community and like stuff like that. Where the first time around you may not have picked up on something, but there's sort right. of intellectual levels to it. Mm-hmm. Where as you watch it more and more, you're like, oh, ooh, that's I completely missed that, you know, initially. But right. now it, it kind of enriches the whole thing. Yeah, you know, and I, yeah, gosh, I think, like, if you, you see characters in the sketches, you know, that have, I mean, Julian's really got it figured out in that, um, you know, they tell you in sketch comedy, like, you have one bit, and you play it for about two minutes, and then you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all seen Saturday Night Live sketches that are, like, go on too long, yeah, and yeah. you just want to punch yourself in the face, yeah. so, uh, so, but I mean, I think the reality is like if you start peeling back the onion on some of those characters and go like, "Oh, why is he how he is?" You know, like mm-hmm. you get into some really great acting places. Like, what's a great? I don't know, Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Like, yeah. can you? Yeah. <laughs> like, that could literally have been a, a character that Julian had made up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then put him in a finished. funny context. Yeah, you know? but yeah. Then, I don't know. So I think those every care from my perspective like as an actor like every character has like a hundred different layers to it and you start peeling it back and you live with the character for an hour and a half or two hours and you've really got something really interesting yeah we like community yeah Mm -hmm. well we've talked about we've kind of found that out ourselves because you know we've just floated uh just sketch ideas and we'll have a great premise but then 
after you know a couple of minutes, you're just kind of like, okay, but you know, why? Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it was funny initially, yeah. but it doesn't have enough kind what? of momentum to carry it through to the end of the sketch. Um, which actually, Matt Besser was here. Oh, awesome! Weeks. Yeah, he was there three weeks ago, and I took his um like two day class, and he was talking about exactly like SNL has has totally lost it, where they're totally like getting into the whole again like YouTube thing. We're like, oh, let's try to just make shit that we could just next day put online and get revenue. But he was saying like the only good sketch in the past like five years is the Penelope sketch. Yeah, you know, talk about and he said, but 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 he said like at the same time, it's it's not like it's it's. It's amazing, but it's the only good sketch they've had so far because they could keep on putting it back. You know, it, it could just be random shit that she's into. But at the same yeah. time, though, they push it too far. Like it's oh, it's too long. Like we get it. Like okay, oh now she's two feet tall because she's Penelope. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like it's it's just it, it's it's just it's interesting just how a lot of that I guess in depth uh, two sided thing that you're talking about. It's it's almost where. I guess maybe people are stupid now. Like they just don't seem to get it. Well, it's 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 almost like a kind of time investment, on, right? On the, on, on the part of the the viewer, mm-hmm. you know, where, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well, I'm actually going to take the time to enjoy this and think about it instead of like, oh, that was you know, someone got hit. That was great. <laughs> well, the, well hey. oh, what's this? Uh, Andy Bobro? Yeah. Uh, we talked to him last week, and he was saying they said it's the same thing with yeah. the Arrested Development, where it, it's it's yeah. people that understand the art of the whole process of making comedy, but at the same time though they didn't survive, and Community is right. probably not going to survive it, which is sad. I mean, I would hate for that show to go, but um, it's just it's this, it's the same premise where I guess you just have to. Try the crapshoot, you know. If you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it, you know. And people are gonna enjoy it, but it's not gonna be an instant gratification, which is what everyone seems to be going for right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's a tough. It's oh gosh, I think TV is always kind of a tough beast to understand. Um, but yeah, man, at at UCB, I don't know if Besser talked about this, but uh, this term of pimping, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes you just like freaking people pimp out, and it's and it essentially means you just take the cheap. Yeah. Hit, hit 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 your partner in the crotch and run off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, he, uh, he he was shown his uh, freak dance movie when he was here too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it was very interesting because like I think there was maybe like fourteen people and it was all because there's a there's a comedy club here called Theater Ninety Nine and uh, oh. they're called the Have Nots and UCB is here all the time with them because the owners apparently were UCB people back in the day or no they weren't technically UCB people but they just knew them. Um, and uh, there was maybe like fourteen people watching his movie and there was like some local theater playing it. And it was just interesting, just the crowd, like the, I guess the personalities, they all got it. Because right. Matt Besser was not going for, you know, the instant joke. He was going for, okay, this is going to build, it's going to build up, okay, this is going to happen. Okay, now it's done. That kind of thing. And it was just interesting that we're all laughing our asses off. And then after Matt was just like, yeah, so this is like totally like not going to make money, but I did it because I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to get this kind of stuff out. But yeah, but he did talk about that though, the whole pimping thing, because like, Someone in the the class, they went out on stage and then she immediately tried to go for the lap. And he was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not yeah. trying to be rude. Like, you know, I'm teaching you. Like, what are you doing? She was like, oh, you know, shit. Like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's a, it's a discipline to, um, and I actually think uh, Matt Walsh does it better than anybody. Are you guys familiar with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, like, uh, he was one of the UCB founders, but he, like, does that honest character slow burn like the guy doesn't care if he ever gets a laugh yeah and like yeah. there's something so appealing about that mm-hmm. you know like he will just be true to exactly what's going on and he'll never like try to go for a joke yeah and yeah, yeah. it's yeah, I mean, so gratifying so you talked about julian as far as his kind of directing chops and stuff yeah. uh, and how y'all sort of have a uh, kind of a, sh- a shorthand you know when you're doing sketches of of all the, the commercials you've done movies uh who is there any director that really stands out uh someone who you're like wow i'm gonna remember that person's name because that really affected how i viewed uh you know this this character or the process yes there's several guys well i think the the obvious one is uh david fincher yeah. um in that he has a little bit of a bad reputation, I think, just from doing like a lot of takes and being kind of a perfectionist. Um, 
But I actually found him really great to work with because he didn't ever do anything or say anything or um, let anyone else off the hook in any way to do anything that wasn't about this movie. Mm-hmm. Like He wasn't like joking around about what he was going to do that night or eating craft services or whatever. Like everything he did was about this movie. And it just like elevated everyone's uh, performance on on set. Like everyone's like, wow, this is a, this is a, a sense of excellence. Everyone here has over twenty years of experience mm-hmm. making movies, and I'm gonna get my shit together yeah. and, and do it yeah. the best I can. Um, and then uh, I did a TV show last year for uh, MTV. It was a comedy called Death Valley, and mm-hmm. Eric Appel. Um, He's a UCB guy as well, and he's a performer and a director, and he is uh, a smart comedy mind. I, I thought he was, he's relatively young, too. I mean, yeah, he is young. He's in his mid-30s, and uh, he's gone on to direct. Um, he was a funnier die guy to start, but he's yeah. done The Office and uh, several other um, several other shows. So I, I could see him, like, really taken off and really being like a Greg Daniels or Ken Coapas, these guys that are uh, great comedy directors. Um, and then I actually just worked last week with um, this woman, Sherry Appleby. Mm-hmm. And she is an actor primarily. She was on the TV show Roswell and then on the CW show Life Unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like, uh, has a real smart way of approaching scripts because she's done so much acting, you know, and like really, I thought kind of made did some things and some tricks and stuff that I thought were 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 smart, like to get good performances out of actors. So I'm I'm really looking forward to watching her career because I think she's like not afraid to do some of those tricks and stuff like that to uh, to try to get good performances. Well, hey, well, go- going back to um, David Fincher. And uh, him being perfectionist um, with your scene, uh, how was that? Like, can you just tell us like how that whole experience was? Yeah, it was uh, pretty amazing. Um, you know, for anybody listening, I am the uh, I'm like I played one of Jesse Eisenberg's buddies, and they email me the first version of Face Smash, um, and so it was like I was in like all the party stuff, and then like I get Face Smash, and I talk to some people about it or whatever. And then, um, was like in some of the stuff where Andrew Garfield's character gets hazed and drinks and Mm -hmm. all that. And as he tries to become a Phoenix club member. Um, and it was, it was pretty amazing, you know, from like, you read a fair amount of scripts, but the script, uh, came to me in this audition. And I was like, I knew Sorkin was, uh, writing it. And like from the minute I read it, I, I literally like put it down and was like, "Holy shit, this is a this is a best picture nominee." Like I yeah. promise you, it'll be a best picture nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, not I don't know. I just it was had a sense about it, you know. And then um, I saw like who started to get attached and who um, it, like kind of was leaked out in the press and uh, and then yeah, getting on set and feeling like that sense of excellence about it. And then um, really. Uh, Gosh, I mean, I was there for four or five days. It wasn't it wasn't that much. I mean, comparative yeah, to yeah. the uh, to my amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the yeah, everybody was on top of their game. Everybody was bringing their A game, and it was incredibly inspiring to be there. And then to I'm really proud to have been a part of it. Well, yeah, actually, well, this is just me just thinking, but um, him being such a perfectionist, I wonder how many MacBooks they had on set whenever Garfield had to smash it. Yeah, like, that wasn't good enough. <laughs> Uh, I know. <laughs> Do you know it again. Some directors, yeah, I, the the lots of take things. Like some, I don't know. Some actors like feel different ways about it. But um, when like the thing I don't like is when an actor, when a director wants you to do the same damn thing over and over. Like I'm not sure what we're doing there, mm-hmm. you know. And I've heard Fincher can get into that some of that stuff. But like with me and the people that I saw him work with, including Andrew Garfield, like he just wanted different options. You know, so that he could like really mold the movie into what he wanted it to be, um, and, and and I really liked that. Yeah, I thought that was great. Now I don't know if I'd feel different if I was there every day for three months, but yeah. um, but I certainly liked it. 
you know, and of course there's other, one of my buddies was just in a Clint Eastwood movie mm -hmm. and he's like a one take guy. Yeah. And that's scary in its own right. Cause you got, to, you got to get that right. You what, know, <laughs> what was, was, was Clint directing or was he in it? Um, both. Both. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So what was the, the pace like? I mean, was there a pretty, pretty fast pace on set? There was. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Uh, Really fast, quick setups, actually, yeah. for the amount of stuff they were doing. Like, really specific um, lighting, sound, everything, you know. And they were moving. Because I was there with um, another guy, Dustin, who played the fraternity president, and mm -hmm. then Andrew Garfield. And that was like, it was the three of us were like the main people. And then um, there were a ton of extras as well. And so, like, the primary kind of the dressing you see are the extras. Um and so moving extras in and out is like is a whole different thing. Like for it's 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 hard um, to do that efficiently. So uh, so yeah, like it was a I mean it's a big movie and they and we were moving very quickly for how big it was. Especially with uh, that scene where you were with uh, Garfield outside. Was it, right. You were outside. I mean, like how many was that? I mean, was that that just it or the uh, like in terms of people? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There, I, I feel like there was, uh, there was a lot, but less than you would think. Have you ever been on a set where any sort of, uh, disorganization, is it disorganization? Yeah, I think so. Lack of organization, uh, has, has really sort of, you felt kind of hampered your performance where you're like, okay, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting. And then they're like, okay, now go. Oh, we have to, we have to fix something. And you're just like, ah, oh, I want to, I just want to act, but no, yeah. I, I can't. And I think I, I see that, man, really across the board, and particularly I think with a, a little bit younger filmmakers, um, because, but yeah, creating a safe space yeah. for people to be creative is hard. And not every director can do that, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, like, on the procedural shows you see on TV, like, they're moving at such a quick pace. Sometimes when you get behind, like, stress levels will rise and you'll get, like, one take, you know? Um, and I, yeah, I find that hard as an actor um, to not necessarily do it in one take because I think that's doable, but um, to, like, not... Uh, Gosh, not feel like you really have the space to to breathe into it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sidney Lemay talks about all that in his in his book about just like in making movies. His book about how to like really create a safe space for actors to do their best work. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, I think that's true for any artist. You know, yeah. to give like, a lighting person adequate time or makeup artist, all these mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. people. You know, and um, I, I, man, I, I really think it comes from the top down. It's like all about. Um, whoever is kind of in charge, whatever their attitude and spirit is like really can infuse the rest of the script. That's a, one, the, um, I did a guest star on a NCIS and, uh, those guys, I felt like they've been they're I mean, they're pros. Like they know like how to really create a, a safe space for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a show that's wildly popular and it um, it moves really quickly, but they've like figured out how to uh, not make it feel rushed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, which is just so interesting. Like going through the technical side of like the crew versus the cast. Like right. it's really it's a, it, just from watching from the, the the few mouse sets I've been on. Depending on the director, I mean, they really try to like. It, it depends if they know the ca the crew already, but a lot of times there's like this like invisible wall. Like okay, like you need to stay over here because I need them right. to be over here. Besides a few uh, bit of the uh, of the ca of the crew, but um, I remember on um, Showtime Homeland, I got to help shoot on the pilot. Oh and, wow! And I remember, um, of course, it was a pilot, so it was m much much uh, of a very low budget. But uh, it was just interesting how I can't remember his name, uh, the director. Uh, but he came in, and uh, supposed to be actually supposed to be Ben Affleck, but he couldn't come in. Um, but whenever he came in, he was just on the point where like, okay, this is last minute, I'm rushed. Like, let's just try and get this done. And a lot of the people that were extras were people from Army Wives and also from The Walking Dead. 
and they came up to Charlotte to do it, and they did not know that, okay, this is a pilot, so it's not SAG rules. Like, you're not going to get your day and a half. You're just going to get paid a set amount. And it was just really uh, almost heartbreaking in the sense where these people were just doing it for themselves because we reached the day and a half point, and someone asked, okay, well, are we getting our day and a half rate? And they're like, no, you're not. I'm sorry, this is a pilot. Yeah. Like, this is, this is a set. And half of the extras left, actually more than half. And I was just like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So we had to like pull out this huge blue screen and blue screen a bunch of the, of the extras in, which actually the pilot came out great. I don't know how they did it, but they pulled it off great. But it was just like interesting how depending on the director, the whole – I mean he, it's almost like they're like the king or the god of that set. I mean because it really affected the whole situation because in my opinion, he could have informed some of the extras like, oh, it's a pilot, so you need to do this, this, and that. And I know this could be uh, affecting what you want want to expect, but you need to be – pushed over there and stay to your side but uh yeah i mean that was just awful to see that i mean because really that kind of art process needs to be appreciated by everybody on set and which i'm assuming like with a lot of stuff that you've been on people understand that already even if they are a small part you know that's right. uh, that's already accepted yeah that, that 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 was awful just seeing that happen yeah you know i think um if and people whether you're an extra or you're an actor or in the lighting department, like will really work hard if they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mark Harmon, the lead on NCIS, like you get there, he's a freaking huge star and he doesn't have to know my name or talk to me at all. But like I got there and I felt like, all right, I'm on Mark Harmon's team yeah. and we're like making something that's bigger than all of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll do a lot of like shorts and indie movies and all this kind of stuff, you know, with, uh, with young filmmakers. And that's what I look for, you know, is like, is this, is this really going to be bigger than me? Or is it just about, um, going and people from a technical side, um, and other actors are just like collecting their union minimum and then going to leave, yeah. Yeah. you know, because you, because if director is there because it's his baby it's his uh thing he's really excited about like i don't know what exactly what exact leadership quality it is but you have to get buy-in from everybody mm-hmm. particularly when the money's not enough yeah mm-hmm. is there i think i think that's i mean we're almost yeah. up to an hour um we don't want to hold you uh, too much longer but i mean this has been great um mm-hmm. thank you yeah you bet guys yeah. glad to glad to be here and be a part of it yeah are there any uh any plugs you have um yeah the uh the a couple things let's see uh i did this uh kind of cool indie movie called uh a chance of rain mm-hmm. um that stars matt lanter oh man he's gonna punch me in the face <laughs> this last name i'm gonna yeah he is the lead on 90210 mm-hmm. and uh Anyway, but it's kind of cool. It's about this kid who goes to, uh, yep, Matt Lanter. Got it. Boom. Um, I just Googled it. Uh, this kid, the kind of life falls apart and he moves to Kenya to build wells. So it's kind of this weird coming of age. Not weird. It's an inspiring coming of age story about this kid who's kind of in the developing world. Um, and then the, the other thing that's coming out that's kind of cool is uh, this web series sponsored by Ford and Chic Quattro and Apple. Um, They're in the branded, excuse me, in the branded space working with Alloy Entertainment who did the Vampire Diaries and Gossip Girl. Um, And it's called Dating Rules for My Future Self Mm -hmm. um, about this girl who gets text messages and FaceTime calls from herself like 15 years in the future. Oh, wow. She's in her 20s. Now there was a there was a season one that was like wildly popular on Hulu, and, and so this everybody's back, and we've got a whole new cast for and I'm season two um, as one of the uh, the regulars, and we just shot six episodes. And Alloy Entertainment like primarily does TV and movies, and they're really trying to rewrite the book on what a web series is. Yeah. Um. So and it looks fantastic, and it's uh, it's funny and interesting and everything you would hope like a good TV show is. So it's dating rules for my future self season two. It starts August 2nd, I think. Mm. And, um, I'm excited to be a part because I think it's funny. I think it's interesting and uh, kind of a cool little show, but also cause it's, uh, it's all on the web and everyone in it is like highly recognizable. Um, now will that be on Hulu as well? 
Yes. Okay. And and where where would people go to uh, to check out the the indie movie? Is there a website or anything? It's a good question. It will be on updates. Will be on my website. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It would, it would, is it a uh, tobymiley.com? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Amazon Mary E U L I. Miley, yeah, I, I, I had to think of, I had to process the last names. Like, eh, it's I appreciate this it. Way. <laughs> um, actually, to, to just last question, I just thought this real quick. Um, yeah, back on the social network, um, because that was a red shoot, the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've always been obsessed with that camera. Um, yeah. I'm just curious because I know they always have a, have a red technician on there. I'm not sure if you know if you knew what was going on, but was there anything different on set? Because there was a red technician piggybacking on the DP. Um, so there probably was, I didn't notice one. Um, cause I, I mean, but, is that probably what affected the pace? Cause it was digital. It wasn't film. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that allows Fincher to do 90 takes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And sort of have every one of them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. it'll be interesting to see what happens with the red. Cause like we shot this, uh, cause I mean, a lot of people are running two cameras and shooting with the red, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of awesome. And uh, people love it, and everyone's like getting uh, more and more versed in it. So, uh, yeah, like we shot this web series on two reds as well. Oh, cool! So, like, like uh, as in like the the three D setup, or is it just the the two cameras? Uh, two cameras were running the whole time. It wasn't like a multi cam. Oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So one was like maybe getting pull in a two, and then one was like punched. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. kind of have two free floating, sort of thing. Right. Or okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. which kind of the a red as people a get to know how to use it, and mm-hmm. b like uh, realize you know they can shoot forever on it. Mm-hmm. Like it's becoming more and more uh, popular. I, I, I hope they bring down the price so it can be more <laughs> st- yeah. standard. Well, well, yeah. well, they just watch well, it's not released yet but in July Black Magic is releasing their version of it. Oh, okay. And it's only like $3,000. Wow. So whenever that happens I mean shit's gonna hit the fan. People are like alright, jump ship you know, go to Black Magic if it's a good camera but um, they're already marketing it's the same thing for a much cheaper price. I know like the red one's like 80 grand. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can afford and that. You know what? If you have like man, if you have 80 grand and you have you're a production company and you're gonna buy two 160 grand that's pretty cheap to get out mm-hmm. all your uh, yeah. like camera equipment that doesn't need much lighting for I know 160 yeah. Yeah. you know yeah because I, th- I think that the the low light on it's like a one point I want to say two probably lower than that I mean that's insane you barely need any lighting for that so that, I mean you're, you're coming out in the long run but still I mean yeah the upfront yeah kind of yeah startup well great yeah. well, th- well thank you so much again Toby yeah. this was awesome yeah, you bet, guys. Uh, um, this was really fun. Best of luck on your awesome podcast as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you again for the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bet, guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, have a good one, Toby. All right. See you guys. See Take it easy. Bye.